Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. Today I want to talk about the power of prayer. I read a passage uh, first from the, the Passion Translation, Proverbs 13, 12. It says, When hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Or in the NLT it reads, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Uh, In Luke 11, 1 to 10, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation as well. It says, One day as Jesus was in prayer, one of his disciples came over to him as he finished and said, Would you teach us a model prayer that we can pray, just like John did for his disciples? So Jesus taught them this prayer. Our Heavenly Father, may the glory of your name be the centre on which our life turns. May your Holy Spirit come upon us and cleanse us. Manifest your kingdom on the earth and give us our needed bread for the coming day. Forgive our sins as we forgive... Sorry, as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us and rescue us every time we face tribulations. Or you may be more familiar with it in New King James. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. We also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into, tempt, into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a, a template kind of model prayer that Jesus demonstrated for us. But not just a prayer to rattle off, but it's, it's a way of thinking about prayer. Uh, Jesus then goes on to give this illustration. He says, imagine what would happen if you were to go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door and shout, please, do you have some food you can spare? A friend just arrived at my house unexpectedly and I have nothing to serve him. Your friend says, why are you bothering me? <clears throat> the door's locked and my family and I are all in bed. Do you expect me to get up and give you food? But listen, because of your shameless impudence, even though it's the middle of the night, your friend will get up out of his bed and give you all that you need. That, to me, is just a strange illustration for Jesus to give. He's just taught them how to pray. He's given them this model to pray. And then he gives them this illustration, which God in, in, in the illustration is the one in bed with his children. And he's saying he's not going to get up 
because of your relationship with him, is going to get up because you're pestering him and you're annoying. And that to me doesn't make sense. I kind of think that God should answer my prayer because, because we're of our relationship. But I think Jesus wants to make a point here. And it's that, it's, it's that shameless persistence. It's the continuing um, in prayer that he wants to point out. Um, he then continues, So it is with your prayers. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will be one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. The power of prayer is persistence. Ask and keep on asking. Keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. And knock and keep on knocking. And it might sound like it's an excuse to be selfish <clears throat> and pray for, for whatever you want because it doesn't, there's no disclaimer there. It just says to pray and you'll get what you pray for in that part. But then in James 4, 2 and 3, it says, you lust and do not have, you murder and cover, covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, you do not have because you do not ask, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. So there is a condition there, but I think that there's, there's so many other places where Jesus doesn't want to mention that because that's a little part of it, but he really wants you to do is just pray for, for your needs, for your wants, for what's happening, for what he's putting on your heart. I don't believe prayer is some kind of spiritual vending machine. I do believe that Jesus wanted us to, to pray and be persistent in prayer until we see it fulfilled. You do not have because you do not ask. Uh, in Daniel, we have some insight into sort of what happens um, in the spiritual realm behind the scenes when we pray. In Daniel 10, verse 12 and 13, uh, there's an angel speaking to David, says, Do not fear, Daniel, but from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone with the kings of Persia. Uh, the prince of the kingdom of Persia is believed to be a demon or a fallen angel or something like that, a principality that's spiritual and it opposed for 21 days. That's kind of, that's one of, a good example of a reason to need to continue in prayer. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And if Daniel had given up, I don't know what would have happened. It'd be, it'd be interesting to know. Um, 
The answer was released on that first day, but Daniel didn't see it until the 21st day. I asked, do you ever find your mind wandering and imagining good things? I find myself doing this. I actually used to. used to just daydream of good things. I'd think about what it would be like if a revival just happened in Murraybridge or in Australia. And my mind would just wander with these kind of good thoughts. And I used to just stop myself and be like, why are you, why are you daydreaming? Like, get, get with the real sort of world. And... Um, I realised that was wrong. This is um, that the Holy Spirit is sort of prompting these dreams, these ideas, is birthing them in me, in us, and then if we partner with Him and pray, we're going to see them fulfilled. But we need to be persistent, consistent. These thoughts, sometimes just very small ideas, is is the subtle prompting of the Holy Spirit. For us to partner with him, to pray, and to see change uh, in in this land. I believe we were born for the impossible, and we we're born to see answers to prayer. But why pray if God is all knowing? Matthew six seven and through nine says, "And when you pray." Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. It says the Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. But then it says, in this manner, therefore pray. And then it goes on and it's the... um, the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer again. He says, the Father knows the things you need, but therefore pray. This, this is how it's released uh, into your life. And I believe that God, I think for the most part, will not violate your free will. I think he can. He's sovereign. But I think he wants you to choose. He wants you to choose the blessings. He wants you to accept what he wants to do in your life and say yes to that, to say amen to that. Um, he chose to make mankind who would, choose, uh, who would make the choice from the start. He didn't want to make robots. When he created Adam and Eve, he also created the possibility for us to reject him and to sin. God at creation could see everything that was going to happen and he chose to go ahead with it. He knew what was going to happen, he knew what we were going to do, but we still have the free choice to do it. He just knew what that free choice was going to be. He knew what we were going to choose. I think this is important. Um, I've read that bit. It's, It's God's will that none would perish but we know that some will. His will is that none would perish, but some are still going to. I think that's, it's important to know that these things are different. Um, but as we know, Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
God knows everything that is going to happen and he'll work it for good. Um, I like to think about it like this in sort of how, how God knows, knows things. And um, It was a real revelation for me when I, when I heard and found out that it was just an, it's a kind of a complicated idea but kind of not that complicated either, that God created time and that we're in time and he exists outside of time. And that boggled my, my mind for a while and especially when I used to try and think about eternity and how eternity can be never-ending time, it's, it's not true. It's just no time. It's without time and therefore is never-ending. And one way I really liked who, who someone explained it to me like, it's, it's like a Christmas pageant. And we're the little kids sitting on the side of the road. We can look up the road and we can see the next, pad, uh, the next float coming. And we can look back down the road and see the last one that just passed. But that's about it. But God's up in a helicopter looking at the whole thing. And he can see the start, he can see the first float, and he can see the end float at the same time. It's just a simple way of, of thinking about time. We're just on the sidewalk watching one float pass, well, one float come past at a time. But he can see the, he can see everything, the start, the beginning, at the same time. He knows what's going to happen, and he chose when he started. He said, "Yep, I'm happy with that. I'm going to do this." So why do we pray if if God is already knows everything? One good reason is because Jesus prayed. He's, he's our perfect example. And if he needed to pray, then how much more do we need to pray? I think it's to agree and become aligned with what God is doing, to know what he's doing and to be in agreement with him and to allow the blessing of God to come into our lives. When we pray or when we say amen, we're sort of saying we're opening ourselves, we're saying yes to me. Yes, God, do that in my life. I give you permission to do that in me. Amen means so be it. Yeah, it's an agreement. It, it's, you're saying, I agree with that. If you hear the word of God spoken and you say amen, you're saying yes to that in my life, or yes, I agree with that. I kind of see it like if, if the word is spoken or a blessing or an encouragement or something, a promise of God is spoken, and you say amen. God's saying, angel, that one says yes. That one wants some of that. And they go and dish it out. You say amen, you're saying yes to me, I want some of that. Yes yes for me, yes in my life. Matthew 7, 7, 8 says, Ask, keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. For him who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. From James 4, it said, You do not have because you do not ask. We do not have because we do not ask. I think sometimes we can have sort of an attitude like, God, if you want to bless me, you bless me. I'm here, I'm ready for it. But he wants us to choose. He wants us to not just be like, 
going with it, whatever you want to do. He wants us to, to know what he's doing and want to be a part of it. I heard a really, it was an interesting um, sort of way of thinking about this, this sort of thing. Uh, Bill Johnson from Bethel said, he was in his massage chair and his wife asked him if he wants anything to eat. He goes, oh yeah, I'm starving. I would love something to eat. He said, but, but I wasn't hungry enough to get out of the chair and go and get myself something to eat. But if it's going to be brought to me, I'll consume it. And I think sometimes we can be like that with prayer, with our attitude to God. We're not hungry enough to get out of the chair and go and get some, and it's there. But if he's going to just deliver it and give it to us easily, we'll be, oh, I'll take some of that. I think he wants us to be hungry and to know what he's doing and to want to be a part of it. And prayer is that humility and that, that getting close with him and, and hearing from him and knowing what he's doing and coming in agreement with that. Luke 12, 49 says, I've, gee, this is Jesus saying, I have come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. I think it's time for us to get our hopes up. It's time to dream big. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Ask Keep on asking, seek, keep on seeking, and knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. We therefore owe him impossible dreams. If God is to be glorified in us, it's because of the impossible things he has done through us. Otherwise, it'll just look like us or something that we could have accomplished by ourselves. He said, pray for his will to be done on the earth why is that it's his will it's going to be done anyway is it sometimes yes sometimes God just says you just stand by and watch I'm going to do this and he gets the glory for that and sometimes it's no you come you're going to walk around this city seven times you're going to blow your trumpets and you're going to scream and he gets the glory for that as well. Because both were impossible. One was God by himself. The other one was an impossibility through us. And he gets the glory. John 16 from 23 says, Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So what is it that makes our joy full? It's the answer to prayer. We ask, we get the answer, and our, our joy is full. We have an assignment to preach the kingdom. In the Lord's Prayer, it says, May your kingdom come, it is a declaration. Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It, it, is, it is also speaking of the future. His kingdom will physically come. But is the kingdom, the word kingdom, is the word basileia. It's the divine authority to rule. 
We're saying, God, your authority to rule over heaven, we want that here. We want it to change this place. We're saying we're allowed to. We have that right through Jesus now to stand here and say, your will be done on this place. One day, his kingdom's going to be here completely, physically, uh, 100%, like just completely. But for the time being, he didn't give us this prayer as a kind of go fetch me a left-handed screwdriver prayer keep you busy in the meantime, but that's not really going to do anything. No, he, he gave us this prayer so that we could change the world, so that we could bring the gospel to, to change people's lives, so that we could um, see that harvest brought in. Jesus set the example and then asked his disciples to, to, make, uh, to make disciples, sorry, asked his disciples to make disciples of all nations, to heal the sick, feed the hungry, and to cast out demons. In Mark 6.37, Jesus expected the disciples to feed the multitude. It says, but he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy a 200 denarii worth of bread to give them? So first, Jesus expected them to be able to do it. They didn't get it. They just thought, we're going to have to go buy lots of food. And then he organised them into groups and, and divided up the five loaves and two fish. But I find it interesting that first he expected them to be able to feed them. It wasn't, he wouldn't ask something like that if it wasn't possible for them to have fed those people. That would be cruel. They were, they were, he asked them and they were able to. They just didn't, didn't know yet it's from Proverbs 13 again verse 12 hope deferred makes the heart sick but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life I just want to think about that for a moment hope deferred or hope put off makes your heart sick but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life to you. It's life to you. It's joy. An answer to prayer is a tree of life. We are designed for getting answers to prayer. And the hard part is when we don't receive the answer to prayer in the time we were expecting it or in the way that we wanted. I don't think we can blame on the sovereignty of God. It might be the sovereignty of God, but that's up to him. I'll leave that up to him. What to do with unanswered prayer? We can ask him why, and then we can only trust him. Matthew seventeen nineteen through 21. This is, Jesus has just cast out a demon out of a boy who the disciples couldn't cast it out. It says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you if, you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. It's a really interesting example, this story. I think thankfully... The father of that boy wasn't happy, wasn't okay 
with him, uh, his, his boy not having the demon cast out. He wasn't okay with that, so he took him to Jesus. And Jesus did it. And I think thankfully the disciples went to Jesus and found out why. Now we know for this one example why. It was because of their unbelief and because this kind doesn't come out by prayer and fasting. And that's not a blanket rule that doesn't solve everything. I think we just need to go to Jesus. We don't always know. Sometimes we won't know. We've got to trust him. But sometimes we do need to know. Sometimes he will have a key. You say, well, this one doesn't come out by prayer and fasting or something else. We also don't want to fall into the trap of getting our joy from the discipline of prayer instead of from an answer to prayer. It's easy to do. I've done it. I've done it plenty of times. We cannot get our joy from the discipline of prayer. It's not a religious act. We pray because we are meant to see answers to prayer. We're born to see, to receive answers to prayer. Does anyone here get a real burden for, for government or, or social issues? Abortion, I've got abortion, gender fluidity being taught in schools, homelessness, any kind of injustice. I know I do. There's a pressure, I believe this pressure, this problem that we have with it comes from the Holy Spirit. And it's easier sometimes to release the pressure by criticising government and what they're not doing. But what we're meant to be doing is partnering with the Holy Spirit, taking this problem that we have a burden for and going to prayer. And going to prayer until we see something happen, until we see it change. To ask and keep on asking. just want the main thing the only I've only got one point today and that's to be persistent in prayer as you might notice just ask keep on asking seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened it's so easy to get distracted by our busy lives and, and, and anything and just forget why we even started praying sometimes I forget I start and I just fizzle out because I don't know kind of like the disciples in the garden with Jesus before before he died. It's just, life isn't easy. But in the times we're living in, I think more important than ever before is the power of prayer to be persistent and consistent until we see the answer. I just want to pray and then I want to close. Lord, as, as we see the day approaching, we know we're, we're one day closer today. And Lord, I pray that we just get a real burden of prayer, Lord, a humility to just to come to you in the quiet place, Lord. To be open to hear from you and to recognise the subtleties of your voice, Lord, and your Holy Spirit, to where you are pointing us, Lord, to pray. Those times that you wake us in the middle of the night, we're suddenly awake, Lord, we would just go to prayer. Lord, pray if we 
just pray in tongues if you don't know what to pray for. Lord, I pray that you just give us a real heart for the lost, for this harvest, Lord. You said the harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few, Lord. Lord, send us out. Send us into the harvest, Lord. Cool. Thank you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.